1 Samuel chapter 14. Let's start with verse number 19. The Bible says, And Saul said unto Ahiah, Bring hither the ark of God. For the ark of God was at that time with the children of Israel. And it came to pass, while Saul talked unto the priest, that the noise that was in the host of the Philistines went on and increased. And Saul said unto the priest, Withdraw thine hand. And Saul and all the people that were with him assembled themselves, and they came to the battle. And behold, every man's sword was against his fellow, and there was a very great discomfiture. Moreover, the Hebrews that were with the Philistines before that time, which went up with them into the camp from the country round about, even they also turned to be with the Israelites that were with Saul and Jonathan. Verse 22, likewise, all the men of Israel, which had hid themselves in Mount Ephraim, when they heard that the Philistines fled, even they also followed hard after them in the battle. So the, uh, the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle passed over unto Beth-Avon. Let's pray. Father, I come to you tonight, and... God, I thank you for uh, the privilege of standing in front of these people. Uh, Lord, this is, this is a, uh, an honor that, that uh, I pray that I never take for granted. Lord, I pray that tonight um, our hearts would be lifted closer to you. I pray that uh, the truth uh, that, that goes forth, Father, would be exactly what you desire it to be. And I pray that it would touch uh, your people's hearts. And Father, that it would lift each and every one of us closer to Christ. Father, I ask if there are are some needs in this room tonight that those needs would be would be, be met and father if there's if there's sin in our lives i pray that our hearts and the holy spirit would convict us of that and show us uh, the the transgressions that we need to confess and repent of and get right with you father i pray that if there's discouragement in here tonight that our hearts would be lifted and encouraged and, and stirred to follow you more faithfully father i ask most of all if there's someone here tonight without christ and they've never accepted the gospel, I pray that tonight would be that night, and Father, they'd come to a place in their life where they, they know Christ. Father, I ask all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You may be seated. First Samuel chapter 14 is a chapter, it's a story of God's deliverance. It's a story of revival coming to a country. It's a story of courage. And I think it's a story, in many cases, of today. We'll not take time to read the par first part of the chapter. You'll find a young prince by the name of Jonathan and his armor-bearer taking on the Philistines by themselves. And uh, good lands, what a, what a story of Jonathan just... Uh, going, going for broke and God delivering him and, and it's beautiful and it's powerful and there's many messages that can be preached off of that uh, part of the story in and of itself. But tonight I want to look primarily at verses 19 through 23 and look at three groups of Israelites. All of them are the same country, all of them are the same forefathers, all of them are the same blood, but three different and distinct groups. And I want to apply this to the Christianity of today. It's sad to say we have a whole lot of Christians who are not fighting for the name of Jesus Christ. In many cases, I'll say this, I do believe that they're saved and by their own testimony. But for one reason or another, they have prostituted their beliefs and this book for something the world has to offer. I want to find group number one tonight and look with me at, at verse number 21. Verse number 21 of chapter 14. The Bible says, Moreover, the Hebrews that were with the Philistines before that time, 
which went up with them into the camp from the country round about, even they also turned to be with the Israelites that were with Saul and Jonathan. Now understand what has taken place. Jonathan and his armor bearer have gone up. And God has begun a battle and he is beginning to give the children of Israel the victory. Jonathan and his armor bearer do a great work for God. They, 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 they see a great victory brought into their hands. The Philistine camp begins to be in action, so to speak. But we find a group of Israelites, as the battle comes together, who's with the enemy. In verse 21, it's very plain that there were some Hebrews that were with the Philistines, and they were in their camp. Tonight, there seem to be those who claim the name of Christ who are with the enemy. I'm reminded of the story of Peter, and Brother Leo, I'm going to jump microphones. As Peter stood with the apostles, and Jesus was foretelling his death, and Peter rose up and rebuked and corrected the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, we know the story how Jesus looked at Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. Now, folks, I want you to understand something. Peter that day rose up against the Savior and rebuked him. And, and, and there seem to be a number of Christians today who are with the enemy. In 2 Timothy in chapter 4 and verse 10, there's a man by the name of Demas, and the Apostle Paul writes of Demas, and he says, Demas has, hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. You'll find Demas mentioned elsewhere in Scripture as a disciple of Christ, as one of Paul's helpers, as a man who is serving God. But we find him at the end of his life having forsaken Paul, having forsaken Christ, and having fallen in love with the cares and pleasures of that world. Satan's greatest tool of destruction is for those within to destroy from within, not without. And folks, I need us to understand that. Satan must destroy the church and Satan must destroy the Christian from within. You know, the one who can damage my name the greatest is me. The one who can damage my earthly family name is my family and I. The one who can damage my heavenly family's name is my heavenly family and I. Now folks, I need us to understand this. We need to grasp hold of it. There was a group of Israelites that was with the enemy. God, have mercy on them. They had switched allegiances. They had walked out of the, 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 the promised land, so to speak, and they had gone and dwelt in the enemy's camp. The most hurtful things in Christianity are not from without, they are from within. And the most hurtful things said are not from the enemy, but from a person who calls himself a Christian. Do you understand that? You know, folks, I'm going to be honest with you. I expect those that are not of Christ to deny the name of Christ. I expect those who reject the Lord Jesus to reject me. I do. But what hurts the most is when someone who claims Christ turns their back on me. 
And friend, tonight we see in the scriptures there were a bunch of Israelites who had Abraham and Isaac and Jacob as their forefathers. They had the same blood. They had the same nationality, but they were with the enemy. And tonight I look at at Christianity as a whole and it seems there is a great group of Christians who are with the enemy. I look at the first man and the first woman, Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve, through their own sin, were cast out of the Garden of Eden. But I think the greatest heartache of their lives was one of their sons rose up and killed his brother. That was more hurtful to a father's heart and to a mother's heart than anything ever could be. You see, folks, more people get hurt in Christianity simply because of another Christian. Church splits take place because of hurt feelings and grudges that have developed. It's, it's not, and we need to understand this. We say, we say Pastor, you know, I, I just, I just there, there, there are other things going on in my life, and i got other plans. And I got other, folks, I'm going to tell you tonight, We've got to understand as Christians, as born-again people of God, that there are going to be enemies that are within. Jesus Christ talked about wolves in sheep's clothing. And tonight, we need to understand that there are going, and those hurts are going to be the, 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 by far the most hurtful and the most painful. They're going to be that, that stab in the back, so to speak. Jesus was betrayed by a man that He called friend. He was betrayed, as we know, by a kiss, a sign of deep, affection one for another. That was how our Savior was betrayed. He was betrayed from within. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. We need to understand that there are things that we're going to have to deal with that are going to happen not from without, but from within. And we must understand that, and we must learn that, and we must prepare for it. The second group of Christians we see are those that are in hiding. In verse 22, 1 Samuel 14, it says, Likewise, all the men of Israel, which had hid themselves in Mount Ephraim, when they heard that the Philistines fled, even they also followed hard after them in the battle. There are those that are in hiding. If you've got your Bibles open, go to 1 Samuel chapter 13 and verse number 2. The Bible says Saul chose him 3,000 men of Israel, whereof 2,000 were with Saul in Mishmash and in Mount Bethel, and 1,000 were with Jonathan in Gibeah of Benjamin, and the rest of the people he sent every man to his tent. How many did they have? 3,000. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 14 and verse 2. It says, And Saul tarried in the uttermost part of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree, which is in Migron. And the people that were with him were about 600 men. Something happened. Now, I'm not going to pretend to have all the answers here. I don't. But we went from an army of 3,000 to an army of 600 men in a very short amount of time. There are those that are in hiding. There are those that are in hiding. Understand this, folks. 80% of the army left. For one reason or another, they were gone. 80%. There were a number of Christians that were in hiding, or Israelites that were in hiding. 
And let me say this, maybe today there are some of us here that are in hiding because we're hurt. We're hiding from His service. We, we've, we've, been, we've been hurt by someone else. We're, we're broken hearted. We're defeated. We're demoralized. We're embarrassed. We're ashamed. We've been betrayed. We're destitute. We've thrown in the towel. We've, we've quit. We've given up. But you regret it. And there's something inside of you that convicts and prods you to get back in the battle. My friend, understand this morning, you can't serve Him your own little way. You can't go into hiding and say, well, well, I'll still serve God. No, my friend, there is a call to battle. There's a call to arms. And God's people need to become very active in serving the Lord and being involved and being a part of pursuing for Christ. And tonight, those Christians that are in hiding, oh, we, we, we've been hurt, we've been wounded, we've been embarrassed, we've been ashamed, we've been taken advantage of. It is time that we come out of hiding and serve God. Tonight, some of you say, but, but pastor, I, I can't do that. You don't understand. But I know that in Philippians 4 and verse 13, the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. You say, but pastor, I'll lose. Jesus tells us we've already won. You say, but pastor, I, I'll be defeated. But we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus that loves us. You say, pastor, I'm in sin and, and God won't use me. But the Bible tells us that Jesus paid the price and all we need to do is confess our sin and He is faithful to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We can get up and get out of that sin as a child of God. Some of us tonight say, Pastor, my, my life's been wasted. But tonight, you, Christ has given you a new life and a new purpose in Him. And I wish that God would just show us that those, some of us tonight, are in hiding. We've dropped our sails. We, we've, we've, we've dimmed the, the, the lighthouse. And we've said, I, I, just, I, just, I just don't want to be one of those people anymore. It is time to come out of hiding and do something for Christ. Maybe you're hiding as, as little Gideon did because you, you felt you weren't good enough and you were, you were ashamed of who you were, but God is able and He's talented and He's worthy. And He asks tonight, are you willing to come out of hiding? Do you understand Gideon was a timid man? I think there was a courage that was found in his heart and God developed that courage and brought it to the forefront. But Gideon was a timid man. Gideon had to double check with God that it was God's will for him to do what God told him to do. Remember the fleece that he put out? Gideon put the Lord to the test. But brother, I want you to understand tonight, it is not you that needs to have the courage. It's you that needs to follow God and let God instill in you courage. We're looking at ourselves for the answer. And brother, I don't have the answer. Those people that were in hiding, I'm going to tell you what they did. They looked at the mighty Philistine army and said there is no way that we as a people can conquer that army. There is no way that I as an individual in my life can look at that sin and say I can conquer that sin. But friend, I don't need to look within. I need to look to Christ and understand that everything is capable through Him. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 24, Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. When God calls you to a work, when he called these Israelites to battle, he was the one that was going to give them the victory. The victory was not in Israel. The victory was not in Saul. The victory was not in Jonathan. The victory was in the Lord. But maybe you're hiding tonight. Maybe you're hiding tonight because you're ashamed. There's a story in Luke 15 about a prodigal son. And the prodigal son went into a far country and wasted his substance, the Bible says, with riotous living 
He partied. He lived it up. He had a good time. And the day came where all his money was spent and all his resources were gone and all his friends left him. And young people, let me tell you this tonight. That story of the prodigal son is primarily written to young people. Some of you tonight, you're going to want to go into the world and you're going to want to live it up and you're going to want to enjoy those pleasures of sin for a season. But one day, everything you had to offer will be gone. Satan will take everything you have and he will leave you for dead. He will leave you utterly useless. And all those friends from the world will say, see you later. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. The world's a pretty sad place. It's got some pretty bright lights. It's got some pretty alluring temptations. But when all is said and done, the world leaves you with heartache and heartbreak. It leaves you with divorce. It leaves you with rebellious and godless children. It leaves you in a hole looking up and begging God to do something. And the prodigal found himself there, but not yet. The prodigal said, I'll find a way out of my own mess. And amen, I think the prodigal had a little character. Daddy had instilled some character into that prodigal son. And he said, I'll go get a job, but there were none to be had. There was a famine in the country. That country was going through a crisis a depression, so to speak. They were going through a time when the finances of that country were in bad shape. And the only job, and you know the story the prodigal could get, was to work in a hog pen, which was demeaning for a Jew. It was about as vulgar a job as a Jew could ever have. But there he is, picking up and eating what the swine leave. And the Bible says that he finally came to himself. And he said, you know, my father's servants have it better than I do. And young people, please listen to me. I promise you this. The worst meal in God's house is better than the best meal in Satan's. I hope you grasp that. You say, well, I got my own dreams. I got my own plans. Brother, you can chase your own tail for the rest of your life. I, I was out, uh, caught up with my father on Wednesday after the, the Capital Connection, and, and, and Dad was doing one of his trade shows for satellite, and I walked in, and there was this, this huge company, and it was called HughesNet, uh, Hughes.com. What was it, HughesNet? That name Hughes is from a man by the name of Howard Hughes, a very famous man from the last century. Howard Hughes at one time was the most wealthy man on the planet. Howard Hughes at one time was beloved and adored and revered, but Howard Hughes died a man that was literally insane by his own hand. Howard Hughes, it is said, and I can't verify it, but it is said at the end of his life that he said, I would give everything I have for just one friend. And folks, I, young people, I tell you this tonight. Some of you are going to chase the world and you're going to chase it and you're going to chase it and you're going to chase it. And when you finally think you get it, you're going to be real disappointed. And you'll have given everything. But praise God, you still have a Heavenly Father who will take you back. And my friend, tonight, maybe some of you in here, you've wasted, wasted your substance with riotous living. Maybe you've sowed some wild oats, and those wild oats have come to fruition. But I want you to know this. It's time to come out of hiding. It's time to come home. It's time to get right with the Father. 
And my friend, tonight you say, but, but pastor, I, 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 God could never use my life. You don't know what my life has to, te- to tell. The story is awful. It's tragic. It's disappointing. It's disgusting. I don't want anybody ever see me as a child of God. But my friend, God has something in store for you. God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for you. And that prodigal came home. And folks, you know how he was treated when he came home. He wasn't ushered in the back door. He was brought in the front door. He wasn't given, uh, he wasn't made the lowest servant in his daddy's house. He was brought back into his original position. And my friend, tonight, if we grasp that we have a father that loves us, some of us would stop being ashamed and would come out of hiding and say, God has something for my life. God has a plan. God has a purpose. Yes, I have failed him. Yes, I have fallen. But I'm not going to hide myself. I'm not going to run and find a little cave, so to speak, where I can hide and just say, I just hope, that, I just hope nobody notices me here. And we got too many Christians today who have gotten out of the battle and have run to a little hiding place and not a hiding place where the Lord is, where Christ keeps us safe, but we've run to a hiding place of the world and we've said, I just, I just hope I can live my life out in peace. But there is no peace. And my friend, maybe we're hiding today. Maybe we're ashamed. Maybe we're hurt. Maybe we don't feel we're good enough. But my friend, may I tell you something? The battle is not yours. The battle is God's. So the first group of people was those that were with the enemy. There were those that were with the enemy. The second group is those that were in hiding. The third group were those that were with the king. In verse 20, it says, And Saul and all the people that were with him assembled themselves, and they came to the battle, and behold, every man's sword was against his fellow, and there was a very great discomfiture. In verse 23, if you'll jump down there with me, it says, So the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle passed over unto beth Aven. There were those that were with the king. Folks, it's time tonight that we get into it. It's time that we get serving the Lord. If you're walking with God, you're in fine company. To have fellowship with, the God, with God means you have warfare with the world. It's amazing in life what we'll get ourselves into. Folks, it's about time we begin to walk with the king. I mean it. We've tied ourselves up to this world so tightly. We'll scream and holler over a football game or over a a March Madness game for teams that we could even care less about 364 days out of the year. But we'll get into a game and we'll cheer and we'll holler. We'll 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 get excited about politics and every it seems every every time that election day seems to roll around, people get riled up and get excited for a few days. But friend, I'm going to tell you something. It's about time we start walking with the King. There is a group of people today that are walking with the Lord. And my friend, my desire is to be one of those people that is walking with God. There is a war going on and I want to be identified as with Christ. 
And I look tonight, and folks, I, I, I love my people. I love these people that God has placed here with all of my heart. You're a blessing and an encouragement to me. But let me ask you this. Are, are you tonight walking with the King? Are you tonight in service for God? Are you tonight fighting the battle for the Lord? You know, there's an area to be reached here, is there not? There are people that need to be saved. There are people that need to be brought to Christ. And you have an opportunity to touch their lives with your life. You know, I, I look at this and folks, the Lord just, just grabbed hold of my heart the other night. And it's such a simple truth. But, but I, I, I have to understand, you know, when I walk out of this room, I'm an ambassador for Jesus Christ. And tonight, when you walk out of this room, before you walk out of this room, you are an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Folks, I'm going to tell you something right now. We don't need ambassadors here. We need ambassadors for Christ out there. We need to go into our community. We need to go into our grocery store. We need to go into our gas stations. We need to go into our hospitals. We need to go into our nursing homes. We need to go into our neighbor's house and be an ambassador for the Lord Jesus Christ. Brother, tonight, some of you, your families need an ambassador for Christ. And let me say this. When you are an ambassador, you're not worried about how you look. You're worried about how your king looks. And I wish tonight we'd grasp that. Folks, this person right here doesn't matter what matters is my God and my king and I need to make my God and my king look good boy in traffic when somebody cuts me off I don't need to drive by him and speed around him around the corner and give him a dirty look brother I need to understand I'm an ambassador for Christ we live in a small community do we not and people here know us that means when I walk into the grocery store and the clerk gives me the wrong change, that I need to be kind and I need to be gracious and speak with speech that is seasoned with salt, always with grace. And I need to speak properly and not say, ah, what's wrong, are you an idiot? Didn't you go to high school? Can't you count? You shorted me 27 cents. Right? We're an ambassador for Christ. We're with the king. Brother, I don't want to drive anybody away from the gospel. I was reading in Romans the other day, in Romans in chapter 3, and, and, and the Apostle Paul was berating them, and he said, the problem with you Jews is he said, some of you are adhering or saying you adhere to the law, but he said you don't. He said you tell them to do one thing, and then you do another. And he said, by you and by your testimony, God is evil spoken of. And I look tonight at Bible Baptist Church and I wonder, hey, does our community look at us and say, hey, they're different in a positive way? I pray that they do. I pray that they do, folks. I pray that people in our community say, those people out there are godly people. They love the Lord. Oh, we might be Bible thumpers and we might be religious fanatics, but they are kind and they are gracious and they are helpful and they are peaceful people and they love the Lord and they want to do something for Him. And my friend, I hope that is your testimony. I hope that is what you desire because we are to make Him look good. We are here to make Him as enticing as possible. Folks, our world mocks God. Our world despises Him. Our world defies Him. And what our world needs to see is some people whose lives have been transformed by Him. You can't argue with fact, brother. You can't argue when you see someone whose life is transformed. I was reading several weeks ago about a man who had been challenged years ago by an atheist 
The man was not a scientist. The man was not well known. The man was not educated. But the man said, I will accept your challenge to debate Christianity versus atheism on one condition. He responded to the man. The man had challenged him in the paper. He responded back likewise. He said, you bring a hundred men whose life your evolution and your atheism has changed for the positive. And he said, I'll bring a hundred men whose lives Christ has changed for the positive. And that little atheist withdrew his offer. And my friend, I'm going to tell you right now, what this area needs is to see a bunch of Christians whose lives have been changed by Christ, who are walking with the King. And brother, I'm going to tell you something right now. Though we may be outnumbered, and though we may be outmanned, and though we may be outgunned, my friend, God can give us the victory, but he needs a people that are willing to walk with him. And tonight I ask you, are you walking with the king? Are you walking with the king? Hey, mama and daddy, are you walking with the king? Hey, young person, are you walking with the king? Hey, hey, senior citizen, are you walking with the king? You say, well, well, pastor, I mean, you, you don't understand. I mean, I, I got my own life. I got my own dreams. I got my own plans. Are you walking with the king? Because folks, in the day of battle, what better place is there than to be with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Oh, there were some that came to battle, but they were late. There were those that were with the enemy. And when they saw God's hand begin to move, they ran back to Saul's side. And there are those that were in hiding all over the caves and hills of that land. And when God's hand began to move, they came running back. But folks, there was a smaller group of people that were already with the king. Too often, God's people spend their lives hiding or walking with the enemy. We miss out on the privilege of being with God Almighty. Those that walk with God receive a richer reward. They receive a greater blessing. But let me also say this very simply, they receive the honor of walking with Him. And my friend tonight, you'll always have a reason to stay away. You'll always have a reason to keep your filthy habits. You'll always have a reason to, to, to go off into sin. You'll always have a reason to hide because of hurts and fears, past disappointments and past indiscretions. But tonight, what I challenge all of us to do is to walk with the King. There were 600. There were 600 Israelites who remained faithful. 2,400 had gone away. They had had their reasons. Everybody does. But there were 600 that were faithful. And on that day in Israel, a great battle was won. And I wonder, tonight, Prairie Wisconsin, Bible Baptist Church, how many of us, if our heart was honest, and the Holy Spirit had free access could we say, I'm walking with the King. I'm walking with the King. You know, folks, 
That's what God needs. That's what God wants. God wants our hands. He wants our mouths. He wants our ears. He wants our feet. He wants us. And we, we do. We, we have all sorts of <laughs> excuses. But what God says is, I want you. I want you to walk with me. And my friend tonight, would we take that challenge to be one of those 600 who says, I'm walking with my king. I'm walking with my God, and I'll stay faithful to him. Though others may quit, though others may leave, though others may hide, I'll walk with the king. And folks, tonight, walking with Christ, there's going to be disappointments. I'll not lie to you. I think sometimes preachers paint Christianity as, as an easy road. It's not an easy road. It's a road that is lonely at times. It's a road that's hard. It's a road where persecution lies. But you get to walk with the king. And tonight I just wonder, have you taken your eyes off of Christ? Maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you looked at the enemy. Maybe you've seen how formidable our world is. You know, I, I get, I don't want to say I get weary. That's the wrong way to say it. But too many parents today bemoan the fact of how hard it is to raise kids. Folks, it's always been hard to raise kids. Kids have always been brainless. I love you, all right? Love you, young people. But, but they've always been children. Teenagers have always been rebellious. The Bible says rebellion is bound in the heart of a child. But praise God, the rod of correction shall drive it far from them. That's Bible. I mean, sometimes we, 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 we pretend like, I mean, this, this generation is the most awful, wicked generation ever. It's not. It's not. There have been darker times in humanity. There have been darker places. God's given us some benefits. God's given us some things. And, and folks, let's, let's, not, let's not sit back and, and, and woe is me and, and I can't do it. No, you can. You can. Pastor, you don't know how hard it is to have a good marriage in today's age. Yeah but you can still have a godly marriage. Just because the world is awful doesn't mean that God can't deliver and God can't give you what you need. Do you understand that? I mean, folks, the Israelites, if you read the story, they were vastly outnumbered. That never bothered God. God wasn't scared. God wasn't intimidated. And today, God isn't intimidated. You say, I don't, I don't know what an iPhone does. I don't either, but God's not intimidated by an iPhone. Do you know that God's smarter than the iPhone? No. Yeah. You say, but, but our children are so technologically, technologically advanced. The Bible says that eye hath not seen and ear hath not heard what God has prepared for them that love him. That may, that, what that means is no matter how technologically advanced we get here, God can blow us away at any time. God's not intimidated by what today brings. God says, I'm more than that, and I am able so tonight, don't, don't, don't sit back and, and do the whole woe is me card and too many Christians, they have done that and said, you just can't stand for God in this day and in this age. Brother, do you know tonight, I can walk to my neighbor's house and I can knock on the door and Matt and Tara, I'm not going to do that to you tonight, but I can walk to my neighbor's house and knock on that door and I can give them the gospel and I do not have to fear persecution for that. Do you know that's not true down through history? By the way, do you not, that's not true in some countries in our world today? I have freedom in this pulpit. 
There are some countries you can't preach the whole oracle of the word of God without being persecuted. And yet we, we bemoan ourselves and we say, well, well pastor, it's, it's hard. Brother, it's always been hard to be a Christian. It's always been hard to walk with God. There have always been temptations. There have always been struggles. But am I walking with the king? Let's just be honest. Am I walking with the king? Say, pastor, the odds are overwhelming. Praise God. Praise God. I was reading a story about a commander during World War I. And they were hopelessly outmanned, hopelessly outgunned, and the enemy had surrounded them completely and were beginning to close in. And his junior officer looked up at him and said, Sir, what, what are we supposed to do? What's going on now? I don't know. Where, we're, we're, we're goners. He said, Oh, don't worry. He said, Now they'll never get away from us. And folks, tonight... The world may have us surrounded. The world may have us outgunned and outmanned. But let me tell you this. You have God on your side. You need to walk with him. You need to walk with the king. Tonight, let me just finish up by just asking where you're at. Tonight, are you with the enemy? You know, there, there's, in a group this size, it's very, very possible. There's someone who's claimed the name of Christ, but you're not truly born again. You said, I've played a part, but I'm not born again. Folks, Jesus taught this. He said in Matthew 7 that in, in that day many will say unto me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name did many wonderful works, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. There's going to be a bunch of people on that day who were in church and who did say we're a Christian and who did call him Lord, and Jesus is going to say, I never knew you. You were never my child. You were never brought to my father through the, my blood. You're condemned. Maybe there's some tonight. You're with the enemy, and brother, you're not even saved. You claim Christ, but brother, you don't truly have him. And you know it. Your heart, hearts knows. Maybe some of you tonight, you do know Christ. And you are born again, but you're walking with the enemy. You've sold out for the things of this world. You're like Demas. My friend, it's time to come back. It's time to come back to the king. Secondly, maybe you're in hiding. Maybe you've lowered your standard. Maybe you've said, I, I don't want to take a stand at work. I don't, I don't want to take a stand in my family. It's too hard. I'm weary. It's time to come out of hiding. Or are you walking with the king? My friend, tonight, if we are accused of anything, let it be the fact that God is our commander and Christ is our king and we follow him. If we're accused of anything, let it be that. And my friend, tonight, I just challenge you we find three groups of Israelites in this passage. Which group are you in as God's child? Let's go and stand to our feet.
Christian, where are you at tonight as far as God is concerned? Are you walking with him or are you somewhere else? And let's, let's face it. If we're not walking with him, we're not right. We're not right. doesn't matter your age. doesn't matter your gender. doesn't matter your skin color. doesn't matter who you are, where you came from. If you're a born-again Christian tonight and you're not walking with God, something's wrong. Something's wrong. My friend, you're not right with God. And I, I, don't, I don't mean to be demeaning by saying that or harsh. It's just the truth. There's just no way around it. If you're born again child of God tonight, your place is by your king. My friend, tonight, if you're here, maybe you've sat in these pews for years. There's a number of people in here who even though they grew up in a Christian home, even though they had some wonderful benefits, they never made Christ their personal Savior. My friend, if that's you tonight, would you please come forward during the invitation and get my attention? I, I, it's not something to be embarrassed of. It's something to praise God for. Your salvation is the greatest gift that's ever been offered to you. And don't you dare walk out of here saying, well, I think I am. You need to know. Folks, tonight, are we, are we in hiding? Are, are we with the enemy? Or are we walking with the king? As the instruments begin to play, if the Lord's laid something on your heart, you come to the altar. <laughs>
What, what's wrong with me? I need to get back to where I belong. They need to have something to get back to. Folks, that's the importance of this church. That's the importance of this congregation. It's the importance of us being ambassadors for Christ. To say there's still a group of people who are walking with the king. Still a group of people that are faithful. There's still a remnant that has not given in to the temptations of this world. And folks, tonight, just let me challenge you. Walk with the king. There's so many that could talk so long about this right now. Walk with the king. Don't you dare be guilty. Say, well, I've done enough. No. Come out of hiding. You come out from the enemy. And you walk with the king. Your life matters. Your testimony can make a difference. Folks, there's people that you'll reach that nobody else in this room will ever reach. But you've got to walk with the king. You must. Let's be dismissed with a word of prayer. It's good to see you tonight. Folks, please take this very literally. Our testimonies.